has to be Jude Bellingham going to Real Madrid. Real Madrid, they have older guys in the midfield with Tony Cruz, with um, Luka Modric. They need some young talent in there, and Jude Bellingham is going to step in, and Jude Bellingham is going to perform for this Real Madrid team right away. And they have a legit sh- chance at the UCL again this year. With with it being Carlo Ancelotti's last go around before he takes over as the Brazil national team manager, I think Real Madrid got an absolute splash by getting him to to come within the fold. Yeah, no, I would I would agree. Um, you know, you can also say that for non Premier League signings, you know. AC Milan also capitalized on a move that they desperately needed to make, which was bringing somebody as um, versatile and agile as like Christian Pulisic. Uh, we know he wasn't happy anymore at Chelsea. We know that the turmoil at Chelsea got a little bit overcarried away. Um, he brings a good pace to AC Milan and the pace needed for the for the Italian league. Um, and I think he's going to be a wonderful fit altogether for for not just AC Milan but for the for the league itself. Yeah, no, I'm listen, I think we there's a plethora of great signings that have happened throughout this summer that we could go over, we could dive into it. But we don't want to he- talk about what we think are the best signings for an entire podcast. Why don't we go over what we think is the worst signing from the summer transfer window? Sure, let's do it. Uh, you want do you want to start with this one or you want me to, to I'll, tackle I'll let, it here? I'll let you start. I'll let you start with this one. I think my the worst signing that I think has to be. So this is a tough one for me. I have a couple, but I think the 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 main one that I'm going to say is I'm think that Mateus Cunha going to Wolverhampton is going to be the worst signing of the of the summer. Not Fair. because not because of his talent. We know he has talent, but just we we've seen how much Wolves has lost in the summer transfer window with players going to Saudi Arabia, players leaving to go play for other clubs for him to come in. He's going to get asked to do a lot right away. And I just don't know if he'll be able to handle that type of pressure playing in one of the best leagues in the world. Mm -hmm. No, I, I I would agree with you on that. Um, For me, for me personally, there is a couple. However, while this one is not done just yet, I do foresee it being done. I'm going to go with the Usman Dembele to PSG move that is being plotted right now. Um, we saw what happened to Barcelona when they wanted to go the full basket in for this guy. Injury prone, couldn't be available, a lot of social issues, a lot of emotional issues, a lot of healthy issues. Uh, to go to a French league that is evolving rather quickly, because it's not just PSG now that's on the on, on the map. It's also you're looking at Marseille, you're looking at Monaco, you're looking at, at several others, Montpellier, you're looking at, at a bunch of others, Rene's, so on and so forth. Uh, for the type of money that these people are looking to pay for Demolay. It's just a huge waste of time. It's just a huge waste of time. You could be, you could be going for somebody else like Joao Cancelo that brings a lot more value to your roster. You could be going for fully splashing the money for somebody like a striker like Gonzalo Ramos, like they're planning on for PSG. Uh, you could be offering a much better deal. Does the departure of Dembele weaken Barcelona in a way because it kind of you know it, it kind of ruins the depth that they had in the position? But does it fully weaken it itself? No. There's a lot of talent in the German league coming up as well. There's a lot of talent in the Dutch league as well. Um, and the fact that those are two leagues that are not requiring a lot of money and with the financial fair play that Barcelona could be dealing with, I would be playing my cards a little bit more strategically than anything else if I was Barcelona. Um you do not want to be in the same position that Juventus is in, where they are um, disqualified of European competitions for a year due to financial fair play. Uh, it, it, it's a tough position for Barcelona. I understand they want to rebuild. They want to win trophies and whatnot. 
but you can only do so much when you go full throttle to the wall. And at this point right now, they're just not, it, it, it it's not looking very pretty. The amount of money that you're spending, it's not very pretty. Uh, it's starting almost to look like Manchester United in the past 10 years. A lot of money splashed, not a lot in return. Uh, we're by far one of the worst teams in the Premier League that has invested so far. I mean, we invested almost $90 million for Paul Pogba. We let him go for free. We invested a bunch of money on Cristiano Ronaldo. We let him go for free. It, it's the list goes on and on and on and on. So <clears throat> definitely be wise as to your investments. Definitely be wise as to what you're getting. And don't just go for names because a lot of these names have not been productive whatsoever in their moves. Look at Jaden Sancho, for example. Huge name for Manchester United has not been very productive. Look at Donny van der Beek. Um, you know, you, you can look at down the list, so on and so forth. And not a lot of these transfers have really worked for the teams that you would expect that they work. So, yeah, uh, listen, I just there there are some key winners and some key losers team wise. Like, I think personally, I think Manchester City is a loser from the summer transfer window. They let go of Riyad Mahrez, they let go of Ilkay Gundogan basically for free. I think they got maybe 30, 30 mil for, for Mahrez, but you let Gundogan go to. Barcelona for free, and you really don't have anybody that's coming in to replace him. Yeah, they got Mateo Kovacic, but he's not up to the level of Ilkay Gundogan. So that midfield is going to be a little weird, in my opinion, for Manchester City moving forward. But, I mean, we'll dive into where we think teams are going to finish in the Prem later on in this show. What do we think about the the, the most underrated Summer transfer window signing. In terms of underrated summer transfer window signing, that's a that's a good question. Um, I can go for two things. I think Joskov Guardiol for Manchester City is hugely underrated. The Croatian defender was sensational during the World Cup. A huge value. Desperately need it. Brings a lot of youth to the center back position to Manchester City. Provides a very physical aspect of things. Uh, so I think he's hugely underrated. And I would say that the other heavily underrated signing would almost almost have to be as well Lionel Messi to the MLS. Um, it was on the same day as Jaden San uh, as um, Drew Bellingham to Real Madrid. But a lot of people are focusing themselves on the investments being made by Saudi Arabia to build their league, which, don't get me wrong, it's great investments, but nobody knows if the money's actually there. There's a lot of talks, but not a lot of backing up if the money is really there. And this could be really dirty money, which could damper the profiles of the players that have invested themselves into going into this league. Meanwhile, in the MLS, Lionel Messi is bringing a lot of a lot of change to a league that desperately needs it. Now, the MLS will also be able to participate in Copa Libertadores next year, which is huge. Now, actually, the whole American continent will be able to compete for what is known as the most prestigious trophy in all of South America. Uh, so that's important. It's it's the evolution of the MLS, which I think for years, many sports pundits and many analysts have been asking for that to happen. It's been about 20 plus years since everybody's been wondering when that will happen for the MLS. So not only did Lionel Messi push the agenda forward for the MLS itself, but also created an investment that not a lot of Americans were willing to do. Um now you see names like Jordi Alba. You see names like Sergio Busquets. Uh, you see names like potentially uh, Luis Suarez coming to Miami as well. Uh, it's a whole Barcelona reunion. Sure, they're they're all old, but old or not, they still bring a gigantic value to a league that desperately needs it. Now, what what that does is for teams in the MLS that have not fully invested in their caliber to really think about either selling or growing. And I'm talking to teams like 
New England Revolution, uh, Philadelphia Union, Chicago Fire, uh, Columbus Crew. The list goes on and on and on. Colorado Rapids, San Francisco, a, a bunch of others. Um, for me personally, as a New England Revolution fan, I've been saying this for the past five years, and I'll continue to say it. Best thing that can happen to the Revolution is to be sold to an investor that actually wants soccer developed in New England and will invest the money fully in it. Whether it's a new stadium closer to the city, whether it is rebuilding the team itself by bringing big names to then have it be of value or whether it is a big marketing campaign with a big company, but something needs to happen because while the growth is happening here in New England, it's not happening at the growth that is happening in other major markets. And we are missing a gigantic market here in New England that can develop funds for this team to continue to grow and move forward. Don't get me wrong. The team looks phenomenal. There's a reason as to why they're third in the MLS or second, I think, third or fourth, second, one or, one or the other. But they could truly benefit from people that have the experience like what Miami's doing. Yeah, I mean... Sorry, I, I know I went on and on and on and on, but I, I just I need to get that point across because everyone is so focused on the Saudi Arabian thing. Dude, it's because Saudi Arabia has money. Like that's great for them and whatnot. But like by the same token, we have a gigantic leak here that could develop to huge prosper and we're doing nothing about it. Nothing. No, I listen, I get it. Uh I think so to go back on the, the topic, I think my two underrated signings, I think the first one is Yuri Tillman's going to Aston Villa for a free transfer. I think with Leicester going down, it was the best case scenario for Yuri Tillman's to open up and to be able to explore. And for him to go to a team like Aston Villa, who developed really well late last season, I think they have another good chance of pushing forward and could compete for the top six again this year. I think it was a great move for them to solidify that midfield. I think he's going to be, Big for them. And the other one I had, not other people are talking about this, but it is Hussein Awar going from the Luguan to Serie A. He's playing now for Jose Mourinho and AS Roma. I think he is just such a talented young midfielder. He's only 25. Roma needs someone of that caliber that they can control. And I think the price that they got him at, I think is very much underrated per se. So I thought, I thought those two signings were the most under the radar, very good signings that happened in all of Europe throughout the summer transfer window. I, yeah, no, I would agree. I think that's a hugely underrated signing as well. You brought out a, a very good name right there. Um, and what, what a lot of people are not, like, noticing, too, is that what Mourinho is doing for Roma is unprecedented and beautiful thing for that club. Because after Francesco Totti, Roma has not been the same anymore. So um, I, I agree with you. I think, I, I think that's actually a phenomenal point that you just brought in right there. All right. Let's get into... The creme de la creme of this show. Let's get into English Premier League 2023-2024 predictions. Okay. Let's do it. Last year, you and I both thought that Liverpool were going to win. Injuries killed them. Arsenal took a big step forward. Manchester City won again. Surprise, surprise. But let's dive in. All right? Let's do this. Where do you have – so one of the, we'll go from the three teams that have come up, and then we'll work our way up, okay? Yep. Where do you have the surprise of all surprise that, that have come up? Where do you have Luttontown finishing in 2023-2024? I, I hate to say it, but they're relegating. Um, they're just not ready. I, I, I said it last episode, and I'll say it again. They're two years ahead of their time. 
unfortunately. And with the funds that they have right now, they've not even been able to invest in their in their roster. If you don't invest in your roster in a Premier League that's continuing to grow at the pace that's growing, I'm not entirely sure that you got any anywhere else to go. So where do you have them finishing in the table? Dead last. 20th. Okay. I'm on the same boat as you. I mean, just seeing what they've done in the transfer window alone, I think their best move was getting Marvelous Nakamba from Aston Villa. You know, they lost a couple key pieces from last year's team. They're making they, – they spent so much money on this – on upgrading their stadium so they can hold capacity because they could only hold maybe less than 10,000 people at this time last year. I just, I don't see them going higher. I think they're the, the seller of the table this year. I'm going to go with Lutton town at 20th. Yep. Sheffield United on their way back up. Where do you have them finishing in 2023, 2024? With Sheffield, I feel a little bit more comfortable with them. I think they're under the right leadership. They're doing the right thing. Um, it's a very physical team, and every single time that they've been in the Premier League, they've managed to be a pass to at least the top seven of the table every single year. I I will say they finish 15th this year. Um, it's going to be a struggle because they also need signings, but their physicality and their youth and the leadership that they're under – Helps them tremendously. I, I'm indifferent on this team. Like, I do. I think they're going to be the team that they were the last time that they were in the prem. The prem. No, I think goalkeeper wise, they're a little bit better. Defenders, they got some solid defenders. You know, Johnny Egan and company in the midfield, they're all right. Uh, Is Malia Koulibaly's pretty good? Um, I like Ben Osborne a little bit. And then up in the forwards, I mean, it's Benny Troyori they brought in. They still got Oliver McBurney. He needs, he's going to be clutching this. I think they finished 16th, but I can see where they contend for the bottom three spot, but they do enough to get up. I think they can get points out of games, not win games, but I think they can get a ton of points out of games. I think defensively they're going to be – 10 times better than they were last time they were in the Prem. I have them finishing 16th. Okay. Not bad. Uh, Not bad. The winner of last year's EFL Championship has moved up. Vincent Companies, Burnley, where do you have them finishing? Uh, I think Burnley will be a very pleasant surprise to the Premier League this year. I'm going to have them finishing at 13, personally. Okay. Um, I have them actually one spot higher. I have them at 12. I The way that Vincent Company has this team lined up, I think they're in a good position where they're going to be the Burnley of old. They're going to grind you out. They're going to hold you scoreless for most games. And if you score a goal on them, last year if you scored a goal on them, they were scoring goals against you as well. So... I just I see this team being a middle of the pack team. I have them finishing at twelfth. Okay, fair enough. All right. So based off of the the thing from last year, I'm looking at the standings. Where do you have Everton finishing in 2023, 2024? This one's tough. They they have the right person at the helm. That's for sure. Unfortunately, they need to sell more. They need to sell more. That that's that's been their their problem for the past three years. Carlo Ancelotti said it himself too, and I don't think he's ever been more spot on than ever before. I think Everton's struggles continue. I I see them unfortunately relegating. It. I'm gonna say eighteen. There. Their summer transfer window was not good. No, not at all. I think the only person that they brought in, I think, was Ashley Young. Yep, <laughs> which, which is not that young. Exactly. Um, they let go of Andres Townsend. They let go of Yerimina. That it's it's going to be interesting to see how this team progresses and how they play out. I actually have them just escaping yet again. 
I have them finishing at 17th. Oh, wow. Okay. All right. So based off of last year's standings, Nottingham Forest, where do you have them finishing in 2023, 2024? Nottingham Forest, it's a a very interesting team. They did just actually booster their roster by signing Anthony Ilanga, which is a huge boost to them. Speed, physicality, technicality as well. So it's good. Uh, I like that they kept um, their goalies as needed, which is good. Uh, I will say, though, I think a change in management has to happen for this team in order for them to survive. It's unfortunate, but it has to happen. I'm going to say they just escaped relegation again. So I'm going to have them at 16. Um, But I also wouldn't be surprised if they relegate. Understandable. I think for me, I have them finishing a little higher this year. I think I have them at 14. Goalkeeping is going to save them this year. And I think the fact that they're getting a full year of these guys playing with each other. I know you're not a fan of their manager, but the fact they're getting a full year of playing with each other, I think is going to help. I really do like not enforce as a middle of the pack team. I have them finishing at 14th. Okay. All right. AFC Bournemouth. Oh, cherries. Um, unfortunately, not a lot. Not a lot going for you. Um, not a lot of new signings. Actually, really, barely anything. Uh, no investments happening. No sales happening either. It's just not looking good. If you are riding with the same exact team that you're riding that you wrote last year. It, this is a difficult campaign. I'm going to have them relegate. I think they're going to be 19. This is this is always weird for us because we always – we're either like one spot off or like we're a couple spots off usually when we do these predictions. But I, I, I agree with you. Listen, I there's two signings that I, I'm looking forward to see how they play for Bournemouth. It's Justin Clifford from Roma and then Hamid Traore from Sassuolo. Those two signings I think could be beneficial for them but I just don't think they have the talent around them to get lucky enough like they did last year to stay afloat. I have them finishing 19th as well. All right. Last year we were super high on this team. A little change has happened. West Ham United. Um, I think last year was more of a fluke season for them. I think the inconsistencies in chemistry between Gianluca Escamaca in the forefront, you know, kind of had a lot to do with it. You know, Gianluca coming midpoint in the season and still trying to understand what the Premier League is. Um, I think now having a summer season and, and being able to actually kind of build some chemistry and clean out house as well. Um, I think this is a good year for David Moyes. I'm going to have them at... I'm going to have them at 14. I think them losing Declan Rice is going to hurt that midfield. I don't have them relegating, but I think they're towards the bottom of the table again this year. I think it's they, – they're in need of a retool, a small retool, enough where they're like a season away from being back in the middle of the pack again. Mm-hmm. I have them I have them finishing at 15th. Okay, that's fair. Uh, Wolves, where you have Wolves finishing this year. I do not like how it's going for Wolves. I would not be surprised if they relegate this year. However, I'm going to have them escaping the relegation zone once again. Um, and they're going to be 15th. Is that where, isn't that where you're at, Sheffield? Is that where I have Sheffield? Okay, so, so then have them be... Have you I said 17? It... No. Okay, so 17 there it is. I think they're relegating. I had them I had them finishing 18th. They listen, when you lose Raul Jimenez, when you lose Ruben Neves, when you lose guys like Connor Cody, they're in a a world of hurting. Their best signing that they brought in was Matt Darty, which is terrible. I just I think they need a year back down in the EFL to retool and to get, you know, 
be back, but I, I had them finishing 18th. Fair enough. Last year's biggest disappointment, where do you have Chelsea finishing? Um, I think this year, actually, what Todd Bailey managed to do with this team in terms of transactions and moves is something that they desperately needed to do. They actually realized that they needed to take a step back and realize what they needed to do. Um, I'm going to have them finishing at sixth just because there's still a lot of chemistry to be built. There's still a lot to do for Pochettino, but I do like the the pace in which they're heading and where they're going. And I think with Pochettino at the helm, um, it makes a lot of sense. He He's the guy that, that can actually lead this team forward and um, bring it to the levels that it needs to be at. So I, I, I like the leadership. I like the changes that they're making. They're just a few more changes away from actually being the team that they, they, that they can't be after all this money that was spent. I, listen, I agree with you. I think one thing that's going to hurt this team is the fact that Keppa is their number one goaltender. You you and I both know how we feel about Keppa. Not great. However, I think Fofana bounces back in this system. I think Enzo Fernandez bounces back in this system. And I think that Christopher Nukat and Kuku. Yep. And Cuckoo is going to be a great signing for them. I also had them finishing in the top six. I had them finishing at six based off of uh, Pochettino's experience. Mm-hmm. Yep, I agree. Crystal Palace. This is this is a, a tough one to guess because having sold Wilfred Saha is a huge loss for them. Gigantic loss, if anything. Um, I don't know if the sale fully went through or not, so maybe I'm speaking other terms. Oh, it did. Okay. It's, it's a uh, you know, I it, it's a huge loss. They haven't really done anything to replace that signing. So, could this be the year that they relegate? Very well could be. They don't have a lot up front to show for themselves. They don't have a lot in the back either to show for themselves. And they really don't have a ton to develop their game with. So if I am Crystal Palace's manager, I am worried about my own future. I'm going to go with Crystal Palace finishing potentially at 13th. No, I I mean um, 12th. It's very possible they slip down all the way to the bottom of the table. So you and I were not high on Roy Hodgson when he was appointed the manager again last year, but he proved us wrong. And I think that they're a middle of the pack team. I don't think they go lower than that. I like them at the 13 spot. I think that's right in the middle. I think they're a little bit, they could be a little bit better than Nottingham Forest. They could be a little bit better than West Ham, but they could also drop down. So I like them in the 13 to 15 range, but I'll have them finishing at 13 uh, for this upcoming season. One of the biggest surprises last year was Fulham FC. They finished 10th last year. Where do you have Fulham finishing in 2023-2024? I mean, they're, they're still continuing to do all the right moves. They're investing correctly and they're investing wisely. Uh, they have the right people at the club and they are well-managed as well. I think they continue to stay up in the Premier League. I think they end at 9th. Uh, listen, I like that a lot. I have them finishing 10th. I think them getting Raul Jimenez adds depth to Marco Silver's forward spot. I like Marco Silver as the manager of this club. I think they continue to do good things. I think another top 10 finish is very much so in reach. I have them finishing in 10th. Okay. Brentford. Where do you have Brentford finishing this year? I'm going to have Brentford finishing around the 11th spot. Um, they got work to do, but it's not like they are a bad team at all. They they can compete, and, and they showed us that they could. They just need to the, – the thing that they need to do is work on the winter transfer window. I think the winter transfer window, they probably will be the, the larger winners of the winter transfer window if they, you know, if they really do wake up and invest correctly. 
I think Thomas Frank has another top ten season in him. They're just they're they're very talented defensively. We can't knock them on that. They don't give up a ton of goals at home. I actually have them finishing at ninth this year. Fair. All right. Tottenham Hotspur. Where do you have Harry Kane's Tottenham Hotspur finishing in 2023-2024? I'm worried because there's really not a lot happening at Tottenham right now. Um, Postacolo's first season is up and coming. He's a good coach. Don't get me wrong. Very good coach. A very good name to have. I just don't know that Tottenham has all the right pieces yet to be the competitive team that they can be. Um, and that worries me. I'm going to say that they finish at 7th. I don't see them finishing any worse than that. But I also don't see them finishing in the top 4. I agree with you. I, listen, I like the two signings. Them bringing back Kulseveski from Juventus was huge for them. And then I also think them bringing in James Madison is a little bit of an underrated move for them. I it like is. him as I like him as their center attacking mid. I think he has the potential to be very good for this Tottenham team. And obviously, you still have Son, you still have Harry Kane. I see seventh as well for for Tottenham this year. All right, we were talking about him earlier. We're hyping him up. Unai Emery's Aston Villa squad. Where do you have them finishing? What Unai Emery has done with Aston Villa is phenomenal. Uh, we know the competitor that Emery can be. We saw what he did with Villarreal. We've seen what he's done before. Uh, what he wanted to do at Arsenal, unfortunately, timing was just not of availability for him, especially with Arsenal wanting to turn around so quickly. Um, however, it, it they got the right things going for them. They're, they're investing correctly and whatnot. I would not be surprised if Aston Villa ends within the top 10. I'm going to give them actually the number six spot this year. Wait, actually, no, I think that was Chelsea. So I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with eighth this year. They're for sure finishing in the top 10. I think they're going to, they're going to make a push for the top six. Um, getting Paul Torres and U- Yuri Tillemans definitely helps this team moving mm-hmm. forward. And Unai Emery showed what he can do in a limited time at Aston Villa. I can only imagine what he, he can do throughout the course of a season. So I expect them to potentially finish in the top six. But I'll say the lowest they go is eight, and I'll put them at eight for right now. All right. A Brighton. Brighton is playing European football this year. Where do you have Brighton finishing in 2023? What Roberto De has done with Brighton is sensational. I think the continuation of his leadership at this club is essential for their future and for their um, for their worth. He's done correctly in investing in smaller pieces out of other continents as well. Um, I think having European football is essential for their growth as well and the winter transfer window will also be something that they will be huge on so i wouldn't be surprised for brighton to also finish within the top um within the top 10 i'm gonna give them the number five spot this year oh wow you have them really high up i actually have them in 11th right now not that I want to say that last year was kind of a fluke, but Roberto Zerbi is a good manager. I think he'll show some things this year, but I think them losing guys like Alexis McAllister is is going to show bigger of a loss than what we've seen. Yeah, you bring in James Milner, a veteran, but Milner's legs aren't what they used to be, and no, he can not. only play so, so for so long. I have them in the middle of the pack. I also think the European football is going to beat them up a little bit, so I have them finishing 11th. That's fair. All right. What spots do I have open that I, that I still have not fulfilled? One, two, three, four, and nine. No, I'm sorry, ten. Okay, because it's very possible that Brighton could also end in tenth as well. There is somebody else that I can think of that's a number five. So let's bump down Brighton to the number ten spot just because of the European football. Um, but it's also not rule it out that they could also be in the top five. I'm going to rule out that they can be in the top five because I, I don't believe in them like that. That's fine. All right. 
Liverpool. There's a there's a lot of things happening with this team. I like what Liverpool is doing. Um, definitely needed to revamp what they had versus last year. Number one, the change in captainship, essential. Virgil Van Dijk is the right captain for this team. I like that a lot. Signing Kevin McAllister was huge. Luis Diaz is coming back. Looks very healthy. Looks very good in the game against Bayern Munich. Unfortunately, Munich is just a complete different machine. Um, I like the development of Mohamed Salah and Luis Diaz partnership. I like how Darwin and uh, Nunez has looked. I'm very happy about Liverpool. I think they end fourth this year. I'm going to go with them finishing third. I think McAllister's a good ad. I think them getting says so, so Bolo Sly from Leipzig is a good ad. I think you know they got rid of pieces that need to get that need to leave. Bobby Firmino wasn't happy. James Milner's gone. Jordan Henderson's gone. They re- kind of reshaped their midfield. I like it. I like Liverpool. But there's going to be a lot of questions throughout this season because one of the number one targets to replace Carlo Ancelotti at Real Madrid is Jurgen Klopp right now. So that's going to be a lot of speculation all year. I think them playing in European football helps. I think they could potentially win the Europa League this year, depending on how everything plays out. But I think they get a top three finish and they're back in Champions League next next year. I'm going with Liverpool at three. Okay. All right. So next we have Newcastle playing Champions League football this year for the first time in a long time. Where do you have Newcastle finishing in 2023, 2024? What positions do I have open? Because I think they're going to be at the top five. But uh, One through three and then five. So let's go on the number five spot. Um, the reason I'm a little bit kind of – iffy about it is their loss of Allison Maximin. It's a huge loss. But what Eddie Howe is doing with this team is also epic. And I think the continuation of their development is there. I like the youthful pieces that they have. I like the development that they have. And I like the game that they're playing. So I'm I'm still confident that they can be in the top five this year. I think they're, they're fifth again. I, no, I'm sorry. I think they're fifth as well. As you, two signings, Harvey Barnes is going to be big for them, and then Sandro Tonali is also big for Macy Milan. The Magpies, they're going to be a little roughed up early on playing the Champions League. They haven't done it. I'm curious to see what direction Eddie Howe can take this because they can easily finish in the top four again, or they can stay in that five to seven range. Mm-hmm. But if Eddie Howe can get this team right, I think they're contending for top four. But I'm say they finished just outside right now. I'm going to go with them at number five. All right. Third place finisher last year, Manchester United. Where do you have Manchester United finishing in 2023-2024? I'm very excited as to where Manchester United is going this year. Um, they clean house. Necessary names that they need to clean. David De Gea, Anthony Alanga, um, you know, a couple other pieces are preparing to be sold. Fred is prepared to be sold as well, which is a huge change. But then they also brought in huge reinforcements. Mason Mount looks already to be a very good fit, whether the Manchester United scheme. Rasmus uh, Horselin is going to be a huge need for Manchester United. We definitely need a striker. He can complete that. Uh, Marcus Rashford continues to be in great shape. Um Altogether, this 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 team looks very very good this year. I'm a little high on them in terms of expectations. I'm gonna go with them being second this year, actually. Okay, so I'm gonna circle back a little bit here. So if you remember, not last year, but the year before, towards the end, what did I tell you? Do you remember? I barely remember what you told me last night or today at the gym. You expect me to remember what you told me two years ago? So I said, I said, and I quote, I remember this. I said that the 2023-2024 season was going to belong to Manchester United. 
And guess what? You don't think so right now. The fact that you didn't put them in the number one spot is is, is a little weird to me. I'm not going to lie. But I think Ten Hag has done what he needed to do. I think this team is poised. They got a new captain. I think they're going to be locked and loaded and ready to go this year. I think Manchester United is going to finish in first, and I think that they stop the Manchester City reign that we have seen in the Premier League over the last five years. I I hope they do. Um, I just think there's still a couple pieces away from that. Until those pieces do come true, United can absolutely win the league. Um, those two pieces being two different names. Number one, David Alava is still available to be sold. Could definitely be a huge move for Manchester United. Wouldn't be surprised if we conclude the signing of Sofia on Rabat, which we desperately need. We need somebody physical and fast in the center defensive mid position. Um, but we could also use an additional striker on the bench, which we do and don't have. And there's still determination to be done in regards to Mason Greenwood. So there, there's still some pieces that are not done just yet. Obviously, you can't build Rome within a day. But I agree with you. What Den Haag has done so far with this team is everything that they needed to do. And I'm just glad that somebody was able to have the balls and pants to go in into this organization and be like, nope, this this one needs to be done. We're putting a whole X to this agenda because this is not what's going to work. So I want on the record, the non-Manchester United fan has them winning the table before the, the year even starts. No, and that's, and that's fine. I Honestly, I'd rather have low expectations because it's happened before. Um, but if you have them winning, like that's that's a huge win for you too. I'll make sure to do my victory lap in May. There you go. Uh, all right, let's go with the second place finisher from last year, Arsenal. Where do you have Arsenal finishing in 2023-2024? Arsenal for me kind of took a step back, man. I, I'm not huge on the whole Kai Havertz signing. It's just, I think it's a bit of a step back for what they needed to do. Um, I also don't like the Jurian Timber signing either. I I knew you didn't. It, it's not because Jurian Timber should have gone to Manchester United. It's not that. It's that I think Jurian Timber is not Premier League made yet. Even if Manchester United had made it, I wouldn't have been excited for it because... I watched him last year very carefully with Ajax, and the amount of mistakes that this dude has made is just... It, it kind of gave me Maguire vibes big time, and it, it it's worrisome for me. Uh, the amount of money that Arsenal just spent for Jurian Timber is also a little bit rushed. Um, however, I, I hope it works out for them. I know Arteta is a completely different coach than what Ajax had, so who knows? He could develop to be a huge signing for them. But I'm still not gloating in regards to the Kai Havertz signing. So I'm going to go with them being third this year. I have them at fourth, uh, not because I'm not a fan of the signs that they made. I think Declan Rice is going to be a hell of a signing for them. I think, surprise what you think, I think Kai Havertz in this system is going to fit a lot better than he did at Chelsea. Timber, I'm... I'm waiting to see, but I don't hate it as much as you do. I just think Markel Artera is going to have his hands full. Again, them playing in multiple competitions are gonna is going to mess up something at one point. I have them finishing fourth in the table, still getting Champions League action next year, but I just don't see them going higher than four. All right. They won last year. Manchester City. Where do you have Manchester City finishing? Like I said, they just improved in defensive needs. They needed to do that. Pep uh, Guardiola's reigns continues. He makes it work with the team that he has. I have him finishing first just because of the Erling Haaland effect. I think he's going to continue to be a huge powerhouse for Manchester City. Um Right now, I just don't have anything different to say about Manchester City. They're just a they're just a powerhouse. 
I think them losing Ilkai Gundogan is going to mean a lot more than people are letting on. I have them finishing second, but I, I just I don't see them winning this year. Because how many times in the past three seasons has Ulai Gundogan bailed them out of a tough situation? A yeah. lot. Yeah. They don't have they don't have that piece anymore. So I think they take a step back. I don't think they they're gonna fall out of the top four. I'd be crazy to think that. But I think they finish two. Okay. All right. That does it for EPL predictions. Do you have any final thoughts before we conclude the latest episode of the Yellow Car Podcast? These next two weeks for the Premier League are extremely essential. A lot of names coming up, a lot of moves that could happen. Be on the lookout. Be on the lookout for Liverpool and Chelsea to pull a gigantic, stunning move that could change the whole rhetoric of the Premier League altogether. That's all I can say. Just be on the lookout. If it does happen, this is going to change the whole rhetoric of the Premier League for this year. Um, Other than that, stay tuned with us. The next two weeks, we'll continue to bring all the transfers being made all around the world. Uh, We'll continue to bring details and whatnot. Shoot us at the end with any content that you want us to, to cover, that you want our expertise on or, or just our opinion on. And as always, make sure that you follow us on Twitter, on TikTok, on YouTube, on Spotify, wherever you find our content. Make sure that you follow us, Yellow Card Podcast. Other than that, thank you all so much. It's been a pleasure. Happy to return. And uh, let's get it started. Premier League, baby. Let's get it started. Oh, last but not least also. Women's World Cup, baby. Women's World Cup. A lot of narrative happening there. That's all I can say. Yeah, no, okay. I I, I thought you were just going to press the button, so that's on me. No. But from from both of us here um, at the Yellow Card Podcast, make sure you're following us on Twitter. Make sure if you're watching us on YouTube, you're subscribing. Or you're on Spotify. And yeah, we'll be back next week. Back, regular rotation. Football's back. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thank you all so much. Diego Galvez, Chris Jones signing off. Until next week. See you.